Good evening, everybody, and welcome to For Fantasy Sakes Short Yardage. I'm DJ Jarvis. Uh, the show is going to be ran tonight by your uh, your normal hosts, Nick Gural and Michael Sicoli. Um, I'm just here right now to make a make a short announcement. Um, we at For Fantasy Sake here have agreed to terms with a deal with Mobile Party Experience here at the Quad Cities. They are the premier source for all your entertainment needs, um, which will come. Hi, Doug. Hey. Uh, they'll, they'll bring out you a, a trailer so you can watch your sporting events. That's especially going to be key here in a couple of weeks with uh, college football uh, ramping up with the Hawkeyes around here. I know that you're going to see a lot of these trailers. So. Um, throughout the football season this year, you're going to see a lot of mobile party experience branding. Um, in the next couple of weeks, we're hoping to get their branding uh, rolled out. And uh, that's actually going to start in about um, right now. So this is the new look to short yardage. Uh, we got everything up there. Um, the mobile party experience uh for fantasy's sake, experience is uh, off and rolling, and, and we look forward to a good relationship with them this this year. So, awesome. Nice. Yeah. I'm out of here. I'm going to try not to end the live like I did last time I was on a show. <laughs> so enjoy, and I uh, hope everybody enjoys the show, and we're looking forward to a fun year. All right. See you guys. Have a good show. See you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have both of them stopping in there. Some nothing bet, no better way to start short yards than with some FaceTime from Deej and Doug. So how are you yeah, doing, Nick? We got to res- to... respect our elders out here, especially with oh, the uh, elders, the uh, the new um, our our forefathers, the the people who laid the groundwork. Uh, that wasn't an that wasn't an ageist joke, I promise. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, we're uh, preseason week one. We're gonna dive in. Um, it's almost like surreal, like it's here, right? But um, there haven't been any like big blockbuster things that have happened. Um, but what has happened is some preseason uses that we should pay attention to. So I'm excited to jump in and see, uh, cut through the noise a little bit and find, find the things that matter. Yeah, no. And it's, it's satisfying to say we got one week of football done and albeit it's preseason, but it's one week closer to the weeks that actually matter. And, you know, I'm going to start off by saying, thank goodness and crossing my fingers we got through that week without any major injuries, hoping yeah. we keep that trend going. But that is the biggest win to me, uh, biggest takeaway even there. But uh, do you want to kick us off, or do you want to? What do you? What did you notice from yeah. week one? Well, we got three topics we're going to hit on today. We got preseason week one news and notes. We're going to talk about some injury talk, um, and then we're going to take a look at some uh, depth charts, uh, specifically uh, looking at some RB situations that, if we can get them right, uh, we should we should. Uh, gain a lot of ground on the field in our fantasy football draft. So kicking things off, what are some interesting things that um, that you got from the first week of preseason, Mike? Yeah, so there was a lot to take away. Um, but the biggest thing I, I looked at was that Jacksonville situation. So we entered, we exited last offseason with James Robinson as an undrafted hero. Great year. Great asset. RB1. Um and then they went out and spent a first one pick on Travis Etienne. And ever since, and not just that, but they also spent a few million to bring in Carlos Hyde, reunite him with new head coach Urban Beyer. And ever since, we've been wondering 
where's the value going to come? Does Urban Meyer know how to properly use this backfield? And we got the first glimpse glimpse at it. And James Robinson got the lead, which it shouldn't surprise anyone. A lot of people are saying, you know, James Robinson isn't going away. Um, he got seven of, seven of those first team snaps with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, ETN got five and Carlos Hyde got three. Um, so that reads into a little murky situation right there. But James Robinson was always going to get this veteran nod, this incumbent nod. He's the guy who know, like, he's the guy who's been there. He deserves to get that first rock. And what I take away from it is he's he's not going to go away. James Robinson's going to nag into this, uh, nag into this season. He's going to get a few, maybe one to two catches. He's going to get those short yard situations. He's going to get, the, he might get the goal line work, but. Carlos Hyde might get utilized. Carlos Hyde ran three routes on the three snaps he ran, which is inexplicable to me. And ETM will get his moments. He'll catch some balls, but I don't know if we'll see enough consistent usage. Um, and if you look at their ADPs, you got James Robinson as the RB28 in the back of the sixth, ETN at RB21 in the middle of the fifth. I, between those two, I, I'll, I'll take the shot on ETM. At the end of the day, the first round pick's going to win out. Five touches to – or five snaps to seven snaps in week one is not a big disparity to me. And I do think ETM's the better player. So what what, what did you take away from that uh, that backfield? It was – I'll tell you this. Like, it was beautiful to, to hear you just talk yourself into Travis ETN, which is the it correct is. move here. It's the correct move. You hit all the points. Um, James Robinson's a great story, but he's he's not Urban Meyer's guy. You know? No, he's not. Um Honestly, uh, he's talented. He's going to get some work. But throughout the day, like the electrifying fantasy football plays that we want, the the big gains, the the catches, like that's going to ETN. Like that's that's Urban Meyer's shiny new toy. I feel like if he has it his way, like that's the that's the one player that he wants to be featured. That's the guy who's going to get the ball um, when it matters. Um, and the one and the one uh, the one connection, I think, between, you know, we say Urban Meyer drafted him. This is also Trevor Lawrence's go-to dump down right there. Trevor Lawrence played this is Trevor Lawrence and ETN were dynamic together in college. Um, especially with the injuries Clemson had at wide receiver sometimes. So um, you know, ETN called the ball early and often. I think Lawrence is just gonna look his way. Uh for a round difference, you know, I'll take a first round running back, which has historically been great for fantasy football. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. Like these are the types of guys we want to take shots on. What would you say his ADP was? Uh back of the uh, um, Travis Etienne's going in the middle of the fifth as the RB twenty one. Okay. James Robinson's going in the back of the sixth. Yeah, right yeah, you got to take. So, like I said, that fifth round, like for someone for me, like I like to start wide receiver heavy. I may sprinkle in a running back there um, if if one falls that I like. But having four wide receivers and then taking your RB one, if it's Etienne, you you can feel really good about that. Um, just because those are the types of players that end the year as like Etienne could be going in the first round next year. Like if things yeah. fall his way, maybe an injury, Carlos Hyde goes the way of Tim Tebow being like Urban Meyer's dude, but like not ready for an NFL football field anymore. Um, I think like at a certain point, Urban Meyer's like power is like only goes so far where like Tim Tebow was asked, like he got cut because it wasn't safe for the other players on the field for him to be on the field. I don't no, think Carlos Hyde's like yeah. that out, out of, out of the realm of, of, uh, involvement here, but, um, Carlos Hyde will not be a factor. Um, Carlos Hyde in running of, back years yeah. is equal to Tim Tebow at age 36 or 34, yeah. whatever he's yeah. at. Yeah. But <laughs> I like to, I'd like to bring up another, um, interesting situation. One that's seems a little bit, um, unclear, but to me, like I'm, I'm telling you, like 
this is where we make our money, fellas. Uh, and, and ladies, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to, to narrow our audience there, but, um, Trey Sermon, his usage in the first preseason game was very, very interesting. These are the types of things that we need to pay attention to and people don't cause it's tedious. So he was in of 10 out of 12 first team snaps. Okay. Um, Mostert was sitting, so that that is information that we – this is a small sample. We need to take into account that Mostert is going to be involved. Um, so he's in on 10 of the 12 first-team snaps. Wayne Gallman was the other back end. And they subbed – they actually subbed Gallman out on a clear passing down and put Trey Sermon in, which was not what we were expecting. Um, we were kind of profiling Sermon to be this, like, bruising between the tackles, between the 20s, maybe the goal line kind of back. He wasn't used like that in the first game. He was used more of like an all-around kind of workhorse, right? And this team can – it can – they're going to run the ball 600 times, right? That's the Shanahan offense. Like they project to be the run-heaviest offense this year. And they have room for like a workhorse back and then also kind of like a, a flash player like Mostert. Like there's enough carries to go around. So I'm, I'm projecting Sermon for 200-plus touches. I want to say 250, but that's a little bold at this point um they love him there he's he's like trent williams his one of his linemen is like can't can't say enough about him and i, I pay attention to when the players the people that like actually know football and like are blocking for him like when they say stuff about a player like it matters you know coaches kind of defend people like I, I felt like a williams unfiltered moment where like sermon's our guy so i'm all in i you gotta have him in the uh eighth round for sure Sermon's a fantastic target because, like you said, the volume in San Francisco is going to be there. It might, it might be divvied up, but Raheem Mostert can't carry the ball fifteen to, more than 15 times a game. He can't hold up to that. Then you have Jeff Wilson, who's already injured. They drafted Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. He's also dealing with a little hamstring issue. So it's like it's tradition, you know, it's injuries in San Francisco, but they traded up in the third round to get Trey Sermon. They didn't have a lot of draft capital, but they chose to do that. Um, Trey Sermon is also like we say, like, wow, we didn't really project him to catch passes, but who else would? Raheem Mostert's never been a pass catcher. Wayne Gallman isn't anything special in the especially in the receiving game. Um, and Elijah Mitchell's a sixth round rookie as well. So I if if they're gonna throw to the running back, even if it's you know, 40, 50 times in the season, I think that's Sermon's role to lose. Because I unless they bring someone in, which I don't project, there's no one else on that roster that can do that. Mike, are we officially uh, at short yardage? We're officially a Trey Sermon podcast. We are. It's 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 annoying because I tweeted out before the draft, right? There, if the one person that's going to shoot up in draft boards is Trey Sermon based on landing spot, because I wasn't a huge Trey Sermon guy coming out. I kind of viewed him as a straight line runner, but when it comes to the zone blocking scheme in San Francisco, it doesn't really matter. Um, he's got four years there. He's going to be very utilized. Um, and it's, I, most it's not going to stay healthy either. Jeff Wilson's already yeah. not healthy. The it's, yeah. it's a productive offense. He's going to have a featured role. Yeah. And just to kind of let's, let's, uh, wrap up the, uh, the rookie roundup for running backs here before we jump into some QB talk. Um, Javante Williams, man, oh that my guy God. Can just break some tackles. He's going in the oh. sixth round now. All systems go. That's what I'm saying. Like I, like I, it's a lot more fun and less risky and will probably be more profitable just to target these rookie running backs where you can get value on them. Load up early on tight ends, QBs, wide receivers, um, and, and just go for it. And then Michael Carter, um, mm-hmm. again, he, he kind of just 
he didn't mix. I mean, I, I don't know. He didn't wow us. You know what I mean? He he was he was in there. Um, his let's say this: his usage was more encouraging than Miles My, Gaskin, which we're going to talk about later. So yeah, Michael Carter, all systems go in the tenth round. Um, maybe you have to reach for him in the ninth. Um, but uh, let's jump into some of these QBs. What did you see out of out of some of our young signal callers? I think every single one of them had a very promising debut. Like a lot of people, I'll start off with Trey Lance. You know, he had that beautiful ADR touchdown throw, which was I. I I I, stand, I, I, I physically I physically smiled when as as I watched that play. So yeah, dude, um, that's what we like yeah. to see. No, it was it was something to see. And then you know, and then people make a lot of the four for fifteen stat line. But if you watch the game, because you can't watch, you can't look at box scores. I said this last, I said this a couple weeks ago in our preseason wrap up. There were drops. Like Trey Trey Lance is going to miss throws, but you know there were drops, and you can't blame them on Trey Lance. Um. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson did what I think Zach Wilson's going to do, which is why he's, he's going to find Corey Davis. And I mean, I, I, I we got to see. I really that's someone I'm looking at this year. Uh, I'm I'm looking at this week. I don't think he was challenged at all with the Giants' defense and that that scrappy unit. I want to see how he looks against the Packers this week. Um, yeah. Justin me, Fields uh, looked me, amazing. Go for it. Let me let Go me touch it. on Lance and Wilson real quick before you move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Lance is Lance is going. To, from the 12th just to put a little bit of cold water on it like like you said he didn't look as great throwing the ball um he looked like a rookie qb out there which is okay we got plenty of time um i I do think that he will come in sooner rather than later um i there's there's a couple starting to whisper out there that the week one starter will be lance and the week one starter will be justin fields so we'll talk about Justin Fields in a second, but Lance did take some sacks. He missed some throws, but I mean, he showed the athleticism, hit an 80 yard bomb. Like that's going to, that they're, they're going to get him more reps with the ones. Um, and then Wilson, Wilson's going in the 14th round. He's basically free. He's a, I mean, he's just one of the reasons why I'm, I'm okay with waiting at quarterback because he could, he could get there through rushing alone, um, give you a good floor and just kind of be electric. And I, I really like what they're trying to do there and in, in, uh, with the jets, but like you said, Fields. Good, yeah. I think, yeah. Andy go, Dalton go. is saying. Uh, Andy Dalton is saying that he, <laughs> it's his time. He, it's time for him to go. He loves Fields. He thinks he's going to have a great career. But um, Fields looked great. I think he probably looked the best out of any of the um, out of any of the the, the rookie quarterbacks, um, both in the box score and like through the eye test. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, a lot of good throws. Um, the, the, the incompletions he had were like him kind of going for it, which is what we like to see in our fantasy quarterbacks, that kind of gunslinger mentality. But he was playing with second-string wide receivers, and they weren't really able to go up and get it. Our boy Allen Robinson out of Penn State, stand up. Um, he'll go get that ball for for our boy Justin Fields. What did you, what did you see out of him? That The one play I want to – I don't know if people watched it, but there was a play where he rolled out to the right. He, he knew there was going to be a receiver open in the middle of the field. I don't know if you remember this play. He stared down the running back in the flat, caused the linebacker to drag outside, and then he hit the wide receiver and got a first down. It was an eight, eight to ten yard play, but it yeah. spoke volumes to the critics that say, you know, he can't read a defense, he can't play on the field. It's plays like that where I, you know, if you looked very closely on tape, he can make those plays. Um, Ohio State might not have asked him to do it all the time, but he can do it. Um, so I'm. <laughs> Andy Dalton, it's not your time. He's going to get fed to the Wolves against the Rams in week one, and we're going to see Justin Fields in week two. So if you want to try to hold him through week one, I think that's worth seeing. 
Um, and as for the 49ers, I just – I think we're going to see Jimmy G start the year. And I, I think it's going to be a little bit – because they start the year in Detroit and Philadelphia. They're, the 49ers should handle each of those teams. But then they have a three-week stretch of Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona. Those are losing – like those – I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers dropped those games. So – and then they have a week six bye. I'm going to say week seven we see – Week seven, we see Trey Lance, which might be a tough debut against Indianapolis, but <laughs> I think seven I think week seven. I think no. that's what's going to be Jimmy Jimmy G. If Jimmy G. is healthy, if Jimmy G. lasts till week seven, I mean maybe you say week five, but I think they'll take till the bye week. I don't know. I don't even it's know if we'll Jimmy G. It's, it's yeah. We'll know. We'll know in the next couple of weeks. Jimmy G. isn't I, I, terrible. That that's yeah. that's the problem. He's not so a bad. Trey Lance is Trey Lance is being taken in the 12th round right 12th. now, yeah. that's basically saying that he's not going to start the year as a starter. I if, don't think he will. Yeah. If, if the next three weeks, um, if you're drafting like now, which some, a lot of people aren't drafting quite yet, like the next two weekends are going to be crazy for drafts. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're drafting maybe this weekend, we probably won't have a super clear picture. Lance is great in the 12th. If we, if we still don't know if he's going to be the starter week one, I'm probably not going to take him in drafts. I'm going to wait for someone to have to drop him and pick him up on the wire. So um, some one guy that we don't have to worry about that with, he's going to be started from day one, despite what his own coach is saying. Um, oh Trevor God. Lawrence, he is who we thought he was. He makes yeah. good throws. Um, he elevates the people around him. Um, he made three of his four tight windows throws. That's according to NFL's next-gen stats. Um that is a 75% clip, obviously, in a small sample, but that is better than uh, any, any – there was no quarterback on the Jags last year that hit tight window throws at that rate. Um, so he is – he's going to be the starter. He's going to be awesome, but for some reason people are sleeping on him. I don't I don't think I'd be surprised to see him move up to, like, the eighth round by the time mm-hmm. people start to draft at the end of the month. Um, well, right yeah, now they're I, worried about Minshew being the starter, Nick. I don't know that they are. <laughs> I, I just he just hasn't had the hype that he should, you know. Like, no, it's it's there's people, a lot of shiny new toys. Mm-hmm. It's like we know what he's gonna be and it's gonna be awesome, and we're just taking that for granted. But people it's just been draft this, him. It's been this way for months. People have been overthinking Trevor Lawrence ever since the draft. There were the people that were coming out to saying Justin Fields is better than Trevor Lawrence. They were saying that Trey Lance has a higher ceiling than trust uh, Trevor Lawrence. All that matters is that Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent that has not changed. He's in the tenth round right now, and I'll take him in the tenth round happily. Oh, I love and, that's like right where that's yeah. like Lamar Jackson, his rookie year, he won people we, leagues. Yeah. That's we also Josh we Allen also, last year yeah. who won people leagues. We also have to factor in he he did this without DJ Chark as well. Like he had yeah. Marvin Jones out there, who's going to be a terrific value in drafts, as I wrote down in one of our uh, in the draft guide, which Workman, we'll talk about a little just, bit later. Just get your lunch pail. Just get your lunch yeah. pail and draft Marvin Jones. Go to work. Exactly. It's Trevor Lawrence is a. Trevor Lawrence is a good pick, and uh, and Marvin Jones is a great value. LaVisca is a nice little sleeper. Yeah. Here's a quick little – as someone who might have overthought this, um, I had the 101 in a dynasty uh, draft uh, this summer, and I traded it away for what ended up being um, the 104, which turned into Trey Lance, famous Jameis Winston, and uh, 2022 first. I think the gap between Lance and Lawrence, I think that's close. Um, I need Lance to hit in a big way, but but how do you feel about that trade? 
I would have. I, I I was I was saying this to a few friends throughout the entire offseason on how much I wish I had the one on one in a super flex because I if I had it it was untradeable to me. Um, I'm just well, rocking with what Trevor like, Lawrence. What, you like you seem to like Trey Lance too though. So I I don't mind Trey. Trey Lance was still my QB four in the process and landing in San Francisco is very nice. But he it, was your QB four. He was. I had him behind Wilson. I had Fields as my number two. Okay. You like Wilson um, a lot more than I do. Yeah, and I had him confidently ahead of Mac Jones as well. I had him closer to Wilson than I had to Jones. But um, okay. I I just view – with Trevor Lawrence, it's as much of a can't-miss prospect. Because we, who can also run? We, nobody talks about Trevor Lawrence's rushing ability nearly enough. He's going to add – like, I see a, a Russell Wilson type of rushing outfit from um, an, early se- an early career rush. Like, add 350 rushing yards, 400 rushing yards. That is a very viable addition right there. I, I think we should probably move on to our next little bit. Um, but it, I, there's nothing I like more than talk about rookies. Yeah, we're not talking about Mac Jones because he doesn't run. In three years, he might throw 45 touchdowns and, and be a, yeah. a good fantasy quarterback. But maybe you'll stream him this year. He looks And he plays, he plays tonight. So we'll see how he looks with a little yeah, bit more yeah. time. I still expect Cam Newton to start week one. Yeah, let's talk about these injuries. Okay, so we have some more positive news. We saw Carson went uh, out of Indianapolis where Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are now all of a sudden looking a little bit more likely to start week one. Um, and given you know Carson Wentz's wonderful five to 12 week timeline, it's, when you go something that wide, I'm sure it's possible he plays week one. I think more likely than not, I think we're going to see him hold, held out week one. I think we're going to see him week two. But uh, Quinn Nelson could be back week one. I think that's possible. And all, all in all, the, the positive news that I'm hearing, I, I'm i not changing my draft, my uh, how I view the Colts prospect, prospects. I'll still take JT in the first round right now. Yeah. Yeah, so J- Jonathan Taylor there kind of wobbled around a little bit. He kind of – I mean, he was going like six overall, which he was. I think people – he kind of we kind of pumped the brakes on that a little bit, rightly so. He's going to go at the back end of the first round, I think, um, especially because of a little more security. Like, we're going to see Wentz early. We're not going to have to wait till week five to see Wentz or week six. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Jonathan Taylor is back in play. I just – that's that's how all of these are. At their current ADPs, um, all of these players, Pittman, um, Paris Campbell is a, is a sleeper. Um, all of these guys are kind of back in play at their ADP. Um so I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about Indianapolis as a whole. It's kind of a messy fantasy football situation in a perfect, in a perfect scenario. So um, I don't even know if getting it right, quote unquote, will even matters because Sirianni just rotates at tight end. He rotates at wide receiver. He rotates at running back, which those types of coaches don't usually um, help us out a whole lot in fantasy. The thing is, I, I do think like, I think what you said about Jonathan Taylor is correct. I think that's the person I, I'm, I'm still pretty in on because RB six was high for him for someone who I can't guarantee passing work uh, for an offensive line that lost their left tackle and my, and lost Quentin Nelson for a stretch and possibly a starting quarterback for a stretch, you know, then he slipped, but at RB nine, every year we see a second year running back, take a leap. This is still a good offense. Like this is still a very well coached team and Jonathan Taylor will get every carry that he can handle. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, if I'm not correct, uh, Jonathan Taylor was an RB1 last year. He was the RB4, RB6 in PPR. Um, so what What changes? Like, uh, like in, in, I mean, he loses the left tackle. He gets an improvement at quarterback. 
and he's being drafted as the RB nine. I I think I'm I'm all about taking Jonathan Taylor at the one twelve right now, and that's where he's going. Yeah, he, twelve. Teams. He gets a little bit more pass. We we talked about this before. He gets a little bit more pass work than people think. He'll get about thirty. He'll get you about thirty balls. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but does he? I mean, yeah, he's definitely someone you can go. I mean, if you can, let's say people kind of get a little. Maybe Travis Kelsey goes in the first, right? Maybe like goes in like in the top six. Maybe someone drafts Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill go, and you're sitting there at the 11, um, at the 11, 12, or the 12, 12, one, one trend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're able to take like in a 12 team league, like Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, or Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Jones, like I'm all for that. That's, that's yeah. a great start. Um, but let's move on. Um, Baltimore, man, it's just, they're just cursed. I mean, Mark, yep. Mark Andrews left in an ambulance today. I think he's going to be fine. It just seems like he was severely dehydrated um, and had some pretty bad cramping. But, I mean, he collapsed. It was that type of yeah. thing where, like, I mean, if you've had a cramp before, like, it's, like, the worst. Yeah. But yeah. Bateman's out. Uh, Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins are dealing with nagging stuff. Like, what, what's the what's the word on, on Baltimore? What do you think? I mean, I from what I hear about Rashad Bateman, I think it's the, the back end of September, early October is about the timeline, which means that that's that's a real shame for him. Uh, Marquise Brown, I think we I think we're still having optimist optimism that we see in week one. Um, I saw he was out there walking through routes, not fully running through routes, but given another three weeks, I'm sure he'll be out there. Um, but Mark Andrews is the one of this offense, and while yes, he did collapse it when I. I think, and I don't think people have really made the connection yet, was DeMarc Andrews has diabetes. I, I know I've talked to people who have it, people who have that in extreme heat, who aren't well hydrated, who are dealing with those cramps. This is, the ambulance is something where I think it's just an abundance of caution. I think, you know, they might hold him out a week just to make sure he's right. But I think Mark Andrews is going to be fine health-wise, uh, God, you know, God willing. But, you know, I, 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 it's it's a mess. They won't be able to pass the ball as much as they want to, and yeah, if they do, I think I think we might see Dobbins lining out in the slot a little bit more than we were projecting, and maybe Gus Edwards gets a little more carries. That's a scenario like where the fantasy football community as a whole, um, the analytics guys like me, will really have their foot in their mouth if J.K. Dobbins like splits out wide all of a sudden I gets wish. like fifty targets. Oh my god, I, uh, wish. I don't see that happening. That'd be pretty incredible. I'd be all for it because it means that they're airing it out more. But it um, makes sense. But they, yeah, but my, not everything my idea that makes sense. Like, I'm confident enough. I feel like you you can still draft the Ravens, right? You can still you can still go after Lamar. Um, you can still go after Mark Andrews and at the back end of the fourth. He comes sometimes he'll get to the fifth where I'm smashing the button every time if he's there in the fifth. Um, Lamar Jackson's going um, fourth fifth round. Like it's a. It's not out of my draft range, yeah, but I tend to avoid the fourth, fifth round. It's tough to get both of them, but I mean. You, you can still take Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews if you're confident that you can get through September um, with the rest of your lineup. So you could, yeah, you could also grab me, Bateman with, yeah, you grab I, Bateman I see, with your last positional pick and then stash him on your IR as well. I, I, I can see Baltimore being a great finishing team this year where they're going to the score points. Games, yeah. The first eight games, they might struggle a little bit just because they're, they're kind of not healthy, but I think they'll get healthier as the year goes on. I think, as they add back pieces of that passing offense, they'll start to pass more and um, they'll be more competitive in real life football because of that. And they'll be more competitive in fantasy football because of that. But like I said, it is a bummer because I was so excited to see them coming out of the gates with all these new receivers. And I, well, I thought that they were going to kind of shock people kind of like the bills did last year, 
the Bills were projecting to be a run heavy team last year. If you can wrap your head around that, yeah. So, um, we can we can move on to uh, what are you seeing at a at a Cowboys camp with Dak? Well, I, I talked about it last week how I wasn't really worried about the shoulder. I don't think you were either. And he is back in limited type of fashion. He's not going to be getting hit anytime soon. He's not throwing at full speed, but he's out there throwing. And it's I, I, I said it from the beginning. I think this is just precautionary. I think they're doing everything they can to keep him just healthy and ready for week one. And teams do this all the time. Teams take preemptive measures. Like we saw, remember Alvin Kamara getting those back injections like five days before week one? And the people drafting were like, oh, my God. And he slipped to, like, the mids back end first. And then he finishes the RB1. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm all about Dak Prescott this year. I'll take him in the back of the fifth and where he's, he tends to slip sometimes to so those people who just don't want to deal with the question mark or they're insistent that they don't want to take an early quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, if we're, if we're projecting Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, um, uh, Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb to be top 20 options, top 15 – um, and then we're saying that, you know, the Cowboys are going to score points. That's why we're drafting Zeke in the first round. Dak Prescott is going to throw for plenty, and he's going to throw plenty of touchdowns at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, so um, for me, like, I'm, I'm probably not going to target Dak in, in redraft this year that much, just not because I don't think he's going to smash. It's just because he does carry a little bit more risk than, than guys that I could go. Like, if I'm going to take an elite QB – I'm probably going to take a Kyler, Josh Allen, Mahomes. Um, and because I feel like Dak's kind of playing catch up to them, even in, in, in a perfect condition, just because he doesn't quite run as much as Josh Allen or um, Kyler. And I mean, he's not Patrick Mahomes because nobody is. Um, but yeah, what, what I am optimistic about is his weapon. So like I'm, I'm all in on CD lamb who my goodness on underdog is going in like the second round. Now it's crazy. Um, but everywhere else he's going in the third. So, I mean, CD lamb people get out ahead of this, like in your leagues, if CD lamb is there in the third round, like take it and like count yourself lucky. Um, but yeah, because a lot of those pieces are contingent on uh, Dak being healthy. So it looks like he's, he's ramping up. Um, like I said, not going to invest high capital with that injury risk, but um, I'm definitely going to going to invest in those those uh, those weapons in, in in Dallas. Okay, so let let's say he's practicing in full come September first, August thirtieth. Okay, you're and then you're on you're on the clock. Would you rather have because this is what ADP says right now? Would you rather have Amari Cooper and Dak Prescott, or would you rather have Kyler Murray and Deontay Johnson? Ooh, because that's the, a tough that. One. That's that's the that's the one there's a one round difference between Dak and Kyler and there's one round difference between those two. So the, the, that's a realistic thing. You get that Dallas stack, or mm -hmm. you could take the Kyler upgrade and take Deontay. See, I, I'm taking Dak and uh, Cooper there. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really love Cooper that much just because I think he he doesn't really he's a good real life wide receiver and he'll spike for some monster fantasy games, but he's very sensitive to like good matchups, which right. um which I'm not, I'm, I'm not, whereas like CD lamb just smashes cause he's in the slot a lot, no matter who he plays against. Um, that's the type of player I think he's going to be. Um, but yeah, I could definitely see, um, Dak, Dak and Cooper, I think from a value perspective is probably the way to go. Um, yep. and it's worth, uh, it's worth throwing out on the topic of Dallas that Cooper intends to play. Uh, and he's, he's back at, uh, he's back at practice. He's running routes. He's they're, they're trying, he's trying to get out there for tomorrow's preseason game. 
uh, or Saturday's preseason game. So uh, Mark Cooper, uh, Mark Cooper's ankle, I think we're almost at the point of calling that past news, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. He just is a slow healer. I think we talked about it. He has a vitamin D deficiency, which that's helpful to know. Um, one, like that sucks for him, uh, but uh, it is valuable information. Like he might not be a player that you start coming off of an injury right away. You might want to sit him for another week, which again, makes him less valuable in fantasy football. Let's yep. talk about some uh, running back depth charts, Mike. What do you think? Well, before you do that, do you want to answer the question that uh, Fen just put in this uh, put in the chat, or do you want to save that yeah. for the end? What's the yeah? Let's 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 do a question. Okay, so we got a little question in here: Travis Etienne or Kareem Hunt in full PPR? See, for me, that's that. It's not really too much of a question of I'm taking Etienne. Um, yeah. Between the yeah. upside, they and they are. It's a good question because they're going back to back in drafts. I think Kareem Hunt's the RB twenty. ETN's the 21. It's it's very close like that. Um, but in terms of upside, Cream Hunt doesn't have the top 15, top even top 20 to me upside without um Nick Chubb, uh, without Nick Chubb being injured. And injuries is not something you could really predict. Um yeah. and we yeah. I, I agree with that for sure. Um, because we like ETN, like regardless of if James Robinson and Carlos Hyde is there, like he could be so good and like prove himself as a la Jonathan Taylor last year. Um, and just be so good that he earns a, a bell cow role. Um, Kareem Hunt, um, when Nick Chubb did go down for about six weeks last year, uh, he was fine. Weeks, um, yeah. He was fine, but he wasn't a bell cow. He wasn't like he didn't spike in in fantasy points like we thought he might, um, which was a little disappointing. It could just be bad luck, um, but I mean, and also like we're here to have fun, right? So it, like ETN's the more fun pick there for sure because there's a little bit more unknown upside that might might not be accounted for in that price. I think ETN with ETN in his current situation does more than Kareem Hunt in his current situation. Um, I think ETN has just the, a very similar role, albeit on a worse team. And ETN has the option to, has a very realistic route to being the, not a bell cow, but having a larger role in the rushing attack. than I think Kareem Hunt does. Um, yeah. But you want to get into the backfield? Yeah, yeah, let's keep it moving with some backfields. We can kind of go quickly through these. Um, just a word of caution here. Uh, Houston, avoid the suck. Um, I think there's there's some people that say maybe not the best backfield to be targeting overall, but right now uh, Philip Lindsay goes in the 13th round. Um, David Johnson goes in the 10th. Don't draft David Johnson. Uh, draft Philip Lindsay. He's going to – uh, reports coming out uh, this this past week that uh, Philip Lindsay is like the one A there, and David Johnson's going to kind of mix in on passing downs. Um, that's not something that we can take to the bank. That could change in the next few weeks, but as of right now, we need to um, take advantage of of what we know. And Philip Lindsay, I mean, he's great in the thirteenth round if he's going to be the one A there. Um, and I, I say that I, I kind of believe in this. I think this is some pretty good signal because David Johnson. Um, when he talked to the press was like disappointed. He's like, yeah, I guess I just got to deal with, with what I'm given, you know, like he sounded defeated. He really yeah, he did. sounded defeated. Yeah. So he um, sounded like a man who accepted his role and that role is third downs and that could be valuable in Houston, but unless that ADP slips, which I think it easily can with this news, um, I'm not spending a 10th. Um, I think it's possible that this evens out where David Johnson ends up in the middle of the 11th. Lindsay ends up in the middle of the 12th. And you know the the round difference isn't much, and I might I could see myself trying to take the receiving end of David Johnson because if Phil Blinsey's proven anything over Denver at Denver that he 
he can he can run the ball pretty well, but he's not going to pass. He's not going to catch the ball. Yeah. So that might be more valuable in a team that projects to lose as many games as Houston does. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. I will take Philip Lindsay, especially if he's going later, just because I think he's the better player. He's got a little bit more juice. Um, if Man, I can help shame. it, I will avoid this entire team. We've gotten to the point where like you just said, Philip Lindsay is the better player with David Johnson and you're not wrong. Like David Johnson has ago, won me plenty of fantasy championships. Two, I, I two love David ago, Johnson. David but... Johnson was like going top 10 in like dynasty startups like mm-hmm. two years ago. That's two years ago, Todd Gurley went in the at the 112 in my dynasty startup. It's, it, it, life comes quickly for fantasy running backs. It's, and yet these it's people still bad. keep drafting running backs. I don't get it. Um, okay. All right. Buddy. Speaking of some uh, some <laughs> running backs that might uh, running back that might be burning some people if you've been drafting him in best ball, whatnot. Miles Gaskin, really troubling usage coming out of uh, out of Miami. Um, Gaskin doesn't really seem to be the guy. Um, he he played I think seven out of twenty four first team snaps. Um, ceded a lot of work to Malcolm Brown, who looked really good. Who the coaches I mean coaches just love this guy. Um, I'll circle back to that in a second, but Gaskin, um, not only did he play only seven out of 23 first team snaps, he was, he played deep into the second quarter, which that tells you that they're, I don't know, maybe he, maybe he like got, was late to a practice or something. Like we've seen these like football guy coaches, which I'm not really sure where Brian Flores is on that spectrum. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, we got to keep an eye on this. Miles Gaskin goes right now in the sixth round. I think he's falling into the seventh yes. or even. He is rapidly round. falling right now. So he's falling. Like I'm kind of buying the dip because Flores, there's been reports that he loves Gaskin. Like they gave him the bell cow work before. We've seen this with Malcolm Brown. Malcolm Brown last year before the season was like everybody's like zero RB target because he got a lot of work in the preseason game. Two years ago, Malcolm Brown was like, another zero RB target because he got a lot of work in like game one, like when, when someone went down, when Todd Gurley went down or something like Malcolm Brown is that guy where like, he's great. And the coaches love him. Cause he's a hustle guy. He's a, he's a lunch pail guy first in last out, but then he gets out there on the field and doesn't produce when they need him to like miles Gaskin can do that. Um, so again, this is one that I'm monitoring. I'm not panicking yet. If I'm a Gaskin owner in dynasty, um, just holding right now, maybe even buying the dip um, where you can. Um, how do you feel about the Miami backfield? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not drafting Miles Gaskin. That that's kind of how I feel, and I th- I think there's value to be had. But Miles Gaskin saw, and just to walk through how he was valuable last year, Miles Gaskin saw almost 200 touches in just 10 games, and that's 10 games he showed up in. That's not including the games that he got injured in and then left early. Um, or the games where he wasn't really utilized because it's Gaskin was force fed. And that was, this was a different offense. You know, we like to cite Brian Flores because he's, he did a great job with Miami last year, but that was champ Gailey's offense. Champ Gailey loves using one running back. So then Brian Mm -hmm. Flores comes out this year, um, as Miami has like a two headed offensive coordinator system. So Flores might have more say this year. And he comes out and says, this is going to be a three headed backfield. And then he sends Miles Gaskin out there, not just in the second quarter, because he sent him the second quarter, and that that's bad enough. But that second quarter with the second team offense, he was he was he was out there with Jacoby Brissett. That's this wasn't a case of letting Tua get more runtime with the offense. This was Miles Gaskin out there. 
Um, Malcolm Brown, I, I don't, I, I gotta, I gotta conflict with you here and say that he, Miles, Malcolm Brown looked exactly how he's always looked, which is slow, sluggish, and with no purpose on the NFL field. But he's out there, and he will be out there because he's a very likable guy. And, and same thing happened in LA. They're going to use him. They're going, he's going to get used on the goal line. He's going to be used in an infuriating amount where he's not going to do anything for fantasy, fantasy, but he's going to take away from Miles Gaskin. So if Gaskin only has the passing down work in an offense that gained Will Fuller, um, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, a couple more tight ends, um, all all back in the passing game, maybe he's not going to catch the ball as much as we hoped. And I don't think the carries are going to be there. So I, I, I'm kind of hands off on Gaskin in these mid rounds. I wasn't really drafting him too much before in fear of this happening. I, I'll, I'm leaving my draft taking my last pick on Salvin Ahmed. I'm doing it like something there. I'm not, I'm not paying up for Miles Gaskin this year. And um, I could, I could, yeah. eat, I could eat crow here, but I, I, it's one of those yeah, players I'm willing to be wrong on. It's a tricky one, but that's why I kind of like, I mean, if Gaskin falls enough over the next two weeks, like, sure, I'm he's going in the, the he's going in the top of the six right now. If he falls to like he's going ahead of Kareem Hunt, Chase Edmonds, Jav- like he's going ahead of Javonta Williams right now, which will flip. Yeah, but like, let let's he, he, that'll flip. So let's say if he's going back to back with James Robinson, I I I just talked about how much I'll draft ETN. He's actually I, like I'll, right there in that James Robinson yeah. kind of mindset for me. So yeah, um, definitely. I'll take Robinson but, in my opinion. So- so let's go from from one just absolutely horrible backfield situation to one that might be even worse. Uh, New England. Um, every year they do yeah. this to us. Um, they got Damian Harris. He goes in the eighth round. I don't mind him there. Um, Ramon J. Stevenson uh, ran a really long run, but uh, his coaches have been telling him he sucks. Um, basically, mm-hmm. he, there was a report that said uh, a coach came out and said like he needs to improve everything. I think that's been motivating him. Um, James White is 900 years old, but will ca- catch at least 60 balls. Um, J.J. Taylor, uh, speedy guy. I think he's a special teams wizard. Sonny Michelle. I mean, the reports are that he's gonna he's gonna mix in. Um, Brandon Bolden is another kind of special teams darling. But I was just reading a report from the Boston Globe. Brandon Bolden, I think, is the odd man out. At one point, you were thinking Sony Michelle was gonna get cut. Have you updated your priors at all on that, or um, are you still thinking Sony Michelle gets the axe? I have been the long-standing person saying that Sony Michelle gets cut. I have slightly adjusted that based on reports that he's been a little bit better this year. Um, but I, I mean, this is how I view the roster: Damian Harris is a lock, James White is a lock, Ramondre Stevenson's a lock. So that's three players right there. They all provide different things. I don't, and which means this fourth player has to provide on special teams. I don't know if Ramondre Stevenson is going to provide him a special team. So let's say I, I think it's still realistic that J.J. Taylor takes a fourth spot just to be a special teams ace. And I, I, I just don't think Sonny Michelle is going to factor in that much this year. And what I, my, another one of my big takeaways, which is why I didn't bring, I bring it up in the beginning, I want to bring up here, was how good Damian Harris looked. Damian Harris looked out of a cannon. He looked great. And people do yeah. not care about it because of the one run that Ramondre Stevenson had in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter of week one of a preseason game against guys who are no longer on a roster. Ramondre Stevenson did great work on that play, not taking anything away from him. But we saw Damian Harris look good for two years now in the preseason. And then Bill Belichick does not play him at all. He's go- it's going to be the same thing for Ramondre. 
And Damian Harris is the guy to own here. I'm drafting Damian Harris in the mid back end of the eighth every single time. I think he's just got the talent. I think this is the year that Damian Harris is going to be used. Yeah, and especially like we we didn't touch on Mac Jones as much, but if it's if it's Mac there, like Mac's job is going to get the ball. Is his job will be to get the ball close um, to the goal line, and then they're just going to ram it in with Damian Harris. Um, like yeah. I can definitely see that happening. And Ramondre Stevenson will probably mix in um, a lot in, in in those goal line situations, which again kind of makes Damian Harris like. But if he's if he's just lights out, um, it's you. It's it's he, buying the talent. It, it, that, that's yeah. what you have to do when you're drafting Damian Harris. Yeah, but also just to sprinkle in a little bit of extra insight for you guys back home uh, before we sign off here, uh, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, too cheap, both of them. Those are the wide receiver ones and twos for New England. They're yeah. going to get a lot of high um, percentage like catches. Um, Jonu Smith is going in the 11th round. Like I think he should go closer to like where Noah's Fant goes. Um and Hunter Henry goes later. He goes in um, the twelfth round. And like I said, I think that's he should he should go a little earlier than that. I kind of view Hunter Henry kind of closer to like a Dallas Goddard range, which we didn't touch on. Um, not great for Dallas Goddard, but a little tight yeah. end talk. Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry, like there's a reason they paid a lot of money for both of them. Um, they're going to be yeah, they're going to they're going to creatively use Janu in spaces that you wouldn't normally use a tight end. And I am excited for that. And what's what I think has held their ADPs back besides obviously each other eating into their upside. Um, they're both dealing with injuries. John is dealing with an ankle sprain, which I think he's had, I don't know, give or take for the last four years of him continually dealing with ankle sprains and Hunter Henry's dealing with a little shoulder issue. I, I don't think any, I don't think either are issue of missing long time, but those injuries are going to keep them from uh, are going to keep them from their ADP rising. So I yeah. I, I, I I'll, I'm fine taking a shot on either because the value's there. Also, shout out yeah. to Jacoby Myers for making an unbelievable catch um, in Week One last week that Bill Belichick yeah, did not him. challenge. Jacoby go Myers is a good player. That's also worth a late round flyer as well. Yeah, but um, yeah, definitely. If I miss out on Mark Andrews and Hawkinson, who's kind of like that's who I want to get in drafts as my tight end. Um, if I miss out, on, miss out on them, I'm basically like ignoring the position until rounds 10 through 12 and trying to get Hunter Henry or Johnny. And then I'll kind of make it work from there. Cause I think those are guys that might be able to get, get you into the top half of your league as far as tight ends go. Um, tight end scoring goes, um, if things break right for them, but, um, you don't have to pay that much for them, but let's sign it up. Sure. Right? Yeah, no, definitely. And thank you guys for tuning in. We had a little bit of a longer one today, but you know, just That's you can't get it enough of it. It, 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 it is it is short yardage we're gonna have to change the name to long yardage but yeah i had a great time i want to quickly take a moment to talk about our draft guide that for fantasy put out i know nick put, worked very hard on it i worked on, on a little bit putting on some wide receiver sleepers that thing is a behemoth that is a very long 47 page thing and i don't mean that as an intimidating thing what you do with a long document like that is you're on the clock and you're like, wow, I need to know something about this name. You search him up by name. I want to know Travis Etienne. You read an article about him being a sleeper. You hear something about him being a breakout. You see where he's in our ranks. This is a, this is a draft guy that I know I, Nick, uh, Deej, Doug, everyone has put a lot of time and effort into it. So I appreciate anyone who checks that out. Do uh, you want to speak on that a little bit or is that covering it? 
Yeah, you covered it all. Um, great draft guide. Make sure you check that out. Um, every format for all the popular platforms are in the database that I provided a link to. Um, those, those update with ADP. So like we catch things like Miles Gaskins following an ADP that's going to be reflected in my rankings. So um, you're, you're not going to get Miles Gaskins uh, because we're going to avoid him right now is kind of what I'm saying. Um, and, and yeah, so um, some more content coming um, from, from us here. Um, other than the draft guide, um, we're going to be doing a little bit more auction and super flex content because those seems to be gaining some popularity and there's not a whole lot out there um, on the on mm -hmm. the popular platform. So look for a super flex article from me um, early next week and um, and you can find that and some other Twitter tidbits uh, at run underscore the underscore Sims. Um, you can find both Mike and I um, at for fantasy sake QC.com and follow them at FFSQC on Twitter um, and hit the merch store. Um, Mike, take it, take us out. Yeah, no. And that's, that's covering it all right there. Thank you guys for tuning in. You can follow me at Michael Sicoli, as simple as that name right down there. And I go on Nick roll right there. Run the Sims, just like you mentioned. Uh, you know, we appreciate all the support. Thank you guys for tuning in. We got Eagles Patriots on right now. Let's get to that. Let's yeah? go get it. Let's go right. get it. Later, guys. Have a good night, everyone.